Does anxiety ever ruin things for you? I mean, seriously, maybe it ruined church this morning, right? Like you're stressed, not blessed. You're stressed, right? And so what happens to us is anxiety is a place in our life where we have to activate faith. Anxiety is is a place in, in our life where we are living faithless. Right, that there's a part of our future that we we are living functionally as an atheist in some part of our life because we say this anxiety is a fear of a future where you don't believe God is. But what if we could change our view of the future, our view of our worries, or even our past, as we looked at and believed that the God who created heaven and earth and who created you and loves you and named you and calls you a son or daughter of the Most High if you've believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that he's there. He's there in those greatest worries and those greatest fears because the reality is, is like anxiety is something that people throughout history have dealt with. So the question isn't like, I'm going to not tell you how to be like never anxious because that would be not possible. But how can we turn our anxieties and how can we turn our worries into a place where it activates our faith, where we can connect with God better? I always tell people this, you know, when you get really anxious and you, you kind of get the butterflies in your stomach and you're worried and maybe you're sweating or you're, you're, you're kind of shaky. I always say this, that's your body's reminder to you that it's time to pray. That it's time to shift our focus and shift, shift our, our mindset. But how many of us know like shifting your mindset for, away from your worries and towards God, that's hard, right? Because your anxieties have a way of screaming at you, right? They have a way of taking total control of your life and, and pulling you away from what is most important. And so today what I want us to do is we're going to look at some teachings of Jesus to the disciples But after Jesus gets done teaching them, how many of us know real life hits really fast? Like for a lot of us, we can be in church and we feel encouraged and we feel ready. We feel prepared. We're we're ready to engage what's ever going on. Our worries melted away while we're in this room. But then you walk out those doors and all of a sudden, all of those worries and those fears and all of those things begin to flood back in to your life. Well, let me just tell you, like the disciples and other people dealt with this all of the time. Scripture continually talks to us about anxiety and worry and even the anxiety of unforgiveness. And so today we're going to look at a couple passages where we take a look at how the disciples dealt with anxiety. So let's take a look at this first clip as we open up the scene together. You ever feel that way, like when it all feels like it's falling apart? And that scene, Matthew, is uh, the gospel writer, Matthew, who we know from history is a tax collector. And in this scene, he opens up to this moment where this was probably one of the most shameful things that you could be, especially as a Jewish person in this time where you're collecting taxes from your own people. And we see a lot of anxiety in this situation, right? We see... uh, Matthew's father is about to be arrested and taken to jail, and he begins to call out to Adonai, and did you notice what the Roman soldier said? He's not here. How many of us feel that way when anxiety begins to well up in our heart? 
We begin to call out to God. We begin to, to express our worry and our, our anxieties. And it's like the enemy just whispers in your ear, he's not here. He's not listening to you. He, he's, he's not near and he's far. And then that anxiety, how many of us, when we've walked into anxiety in our life, have said things we wish we hadn't? Like a father saying to a son, we're going to cover all of the windows and we're going to cover the mirrors in the house and we're going to sit Shiva. And Shiva is this moment of mourning when someone dies. And he says, you and I, we're going to sit in the house like our son has died. Does anxiety ever do these things to you? Does it ever take over your life? Does it ever begin to feel overwhelming? And maybe for some of us, our anxiety is not just about the future, but really about the past. That the things that have happened to us or the things that we've done, we, we, we haven't been able to move forward. We haven't received forgiveness or we've accepted forgiveness, but not really apply that forgiveness in our life. And so we walk through life feeling like Matthew or maybe Job. If you're familiar with the book of Job, it's a, it's a book of great anxiety and loss, but then great provision and triumph. Listen to what Job said in Job 3, verses 25 to 26. Maybe you can relate to this feeling. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Do you ever feel that way, like in your soul? How many of us, the worst thing that could happen to you happens to you constantly because you think about it in your head all of the time? It's just on replay about the worst thing and the worst thing and, and this could happen and that could happen. And, and we live in a what if world that, that tends to take all of these things away and, and makes us feel like we are lost. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like it's all falling apart in your life and, and you keep replaying what that feeling would feel like, this, this anxiety, this worry of, of the future where we don't believe that God is and maybe it's about our past or our present situation. And anxiety can cause us, like you just saw in that clip, to separate from those that we love most. How many of us, when we're worried, we suffer in silence and we just play with the voice in our own head? Or anxiety can cause us to not seek help, right? Matthew's dad could have gone to Matthew and said, look, I'm behind on my taxes. Like, I need some help. Can you help me? Or what about this? It makes us unforgiving or anxiety exacerbates our problems. It can cause us to choose what we shouldn't to try to secure our future. Did you notice what Matthew said? I didn't choose this job. They said, you chose this job. You chose this. You chose to be a tax collector. You chose to bring shame on our family. And Matthew says, I chose a secure future. How many of us have chosen things in our life because we, we don't believe that God's going to be there for us when we need it the most? And so we make decisions now that make our life a life absent of the need of faith. But again, our worry and our anxiety, we try to secure our futures in a way that we don't need faith anymore. And then we wonder why, like, why don't I experience God in my life? And why don't I experience all these things? And why do I keep having all of this anxiety? I thought I had taken care of this. But anxiety will always come back. Because anxiety can cause us to act in pride like it all depends on us. And let me just tell all of us in this room, you're not meant to hold up the world. You were never built to do that. 
You were never built to sustain everything. You were never built to make everything happen in your life. And listen, I'm not saying be lazy. The Lord tells us not to be. But are you trusting and believing that God is in that abyss that you see in the future? Or that pain that you had in the past? And so when we get into this next clip, where we're going to be is we saw this moment where Matthew and his dad have this argument and this anxiety And now Jesus is going to be with the disciples and he's teaching at the Sermon on the Mount. And he's going to begin to talk about different parts of anxiety and worry and and goes throughout the message. But look at what Jesus says as he opens up this clip in this moment about unforgiveness. Because that's where many of us may be. Our anxiety is the past. We believe that our past is going to creep into our future. And we are so worried about this. Check out what this next clip says. It's like Jesus is talking right to Matthew, isn't it? I think Jesus is talking to all of us. I don't think Matthew is the only one that deals with unforgiveness. I don't think that Matthew is the only one with a past. I have a past. There are things that I have done and did in my past that I am deeply ashamed of. And I worry sometimes about that. And I, and I think about that. And, and I'm reminded as a pastor of, man, you did all these things. How can you be a pastor? How can you come up there and talk? How can you do all this? And anxiety of unforgiveness begins to well up in my heart. Look at what Matthew chapter 5 says in the Sermon of the Mount. Jesus is talking about hating your brother or sister in Christ, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. How many of us feel like the past is just dominating us? It's like that replay button in your head. And I, I just want to tell you guys that God does not play the rewind button in our life. That God moves us forward and God does all of these things and God moves us in life towards something incredible. Do you have anxiety about your past? Are you worried like there's always a skeleton in the closet waiting to come out? Do you, have you reconciled with people but maybe they didn't receive that reconciliation? Right, the Bible tells us like if we know that there's something between us and someone else that we are to go and to make an attempt to reconcile, to to bring things to a conclusion, and it may mean that things aren't the same, but they are settled. Maybe you're in this room and you think, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to begin to reconcile my past, then begin to pray and ask God for an opportunity to reconcile. Listen, can I just be honest with us in this room? Every person in this room is a human being. And we are fallible. We make mistakes. We do the wrong thing. We make the wrong decision. We do all of this stuff. I know. And there's not a person in this room that hasn't. We're all in the same boat. The question that I have for all of us is, have you moved forward? And what I mean is, is have you changed? Have you shown in your life repentance and change in the way that you behave, in the, in the way that you deal with things, and have you asked for forgiveness from someone else? When you offer an apology and forgiveness to someone with a truly repentant heart, you are not responsible for if they receive that reconciliation or not, for you have done your part as a believer. 
you have gone and tried to make amends. We must do all that we can to move forward. This is what Jesus is saying, like, make haste. If you know that there is something going on, let's not live in the bondage to this type of anxiety. Because how many of us, because of the past or because of our present worries or because of the future, we, we live in bondage to this. It stops our life. It, it stops us from moving forward. It stops us from trying again. It, it keeps us from trying new things because, man, last time we did that, we fell behind. How do you feel in this room about your own past? Let me ask you this. Maybe your, your unforgiveness is not towards someone else. Maybe it's towards you. Maybe God has told you, like, as far as the east is from the west, if you believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, so your sin has been removed from you. And you're like, that's great, but I just can't forgive me. I, I can't, and, and, and I don't want to do this again, and I, I, I owe all of these things and all of this stuff, and you just live in this anxiety of the past, but we have to leave the past where it belongs, back there. And so many of us, because of the anxiety and worry of life, we kind of drive through life looking through the rearview mirror. It's like you're trying to head forward, but all you can do is look back. And your past is always there, and it's always behind. You know what the reality is? Is you can glance back and go, I'm never doing that again. I'm never walking that way again. I'm never going to treat someone like that again. I'm never going to allow myself to be treated like that again. But the reality is, is you're not called from the past. You're called to a future. It's like you're, here's another analogy. It's like you're walking through life backwards. And you're supposed to be heading this way, but all you can do is walk this. And there's your past. And there's all of these things. And you're missing everything that God has for you in the future because of this worry. And Jesus says, look, I know that this worry is real. So if you know about this, then leave the altar and go make things right. And right can be you apologize, you sincerely seek forgiveness, but then that has to be received by the other person. And they've got to walk with the Lord and they've got to deal with it. And Jesus has words about forgiveness that we are to forgive people 77 times seven, right? And everyone's like, how many is that? What he means is, is like, keep forgiving. Why? Because unforgiveness is a prison. All it does is hold you back. It's time to move forward in this life. And stop allowing yourself or the people that hurt you to control your future. It's time to move forward. But how many of us, maybe our anxiety isn't the past. Or maybe it's just a small part of our anxiety. Your anxiety is today. The present, the anxiety that you, you experience is right here, right now. Because let me just tell you guys, like, things are getting tight. We have more requests for money than ever before in our church's history. And that, there's no shame in that. Guys, we, we know how hard it is right now. We got four kids. You know how expensive it is to feed four kids? We know. I mean, Chipotle is like $100 to us. And so... We know how tight things are. We know insurance is more. We know that housing is more. We know that rent is more. We know that groceries are more. We know all of these things. And you have this debilitating anxiety of now. And so you freeze. 
and you stop and we stop moving forward. Let's take a look in this next clip about what Jesus says about today. Listen in. Listen to what the Bible says about anxiety for today. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father, I want to say your This is important. He doesn't say their heavenly father. He says your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you not worry? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Do you believe that in here today? Do you believe that God knows exactly what you need. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Here's a question Do you believe that God is going to take care of you? Like today, that your needs will be met. And maybe some of the things that we worry about and maybe some of the things that we have anxiety over about today, maybe they are wants and not just needs. Remember that God says, I'm going to take care of your needs today. I'm going to make sure that you're okay today. But how many of us, when we start to get worried and into anxiety, our faith shuts down, our pride begins to grow, and we say, I got to handle this all on my own. And you're trying to hold up the weight of things that you were not meant to hold up. It's like this. This is what Jesus is saying in this passage. Make sure your priorities are in the right place. We talked about this in our home series where we talked about a spiritual life and we talked about a home life and we looked at all of these things. Like the question for you and I today is, do you have your priorities right? All right, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. Seek what God has called you to do today, and all of these things, everything will be added to you. It will be taken care of, and it will make you feel like you are okay. How many of us, we have anxiety for the now? Like you're wondering, like when you leave here, are we going to be able to pay for the electric? Are we going to be able to pay for the water? I got to choose if I'm going to wash my clothes or if I'm going to eat. Well, good, we got you. It's covered. Just come over to lunch today. But the reality is, is I know that there are worries for today. We all have these worries for today. And it dominates our life and it dominates our souls. And so my question for us today is, what worries are weighing you down for today? 
And that today, maybe like we just need to open our hands and be ready to deal with what is going on and and be ready to go, you know what, Lord, I don't have all of the answers, but you do. And so in faith, I don't know how, but you're going to do it. We've lived this way and so many times we weren't sure how this was going to happen or what was going to happen in our own life and in the life of bedrock. We've been in those moments where the worries of today are so overwhelming. And what I've come to realize is, is the moment that I release the anxiety of me having to do everything is the moment that I see God do everything. So where are you today? But how many of us know, like, when we start to deal with anxiety and we start to deal with all of these things... At the root of anxiety is fear. Fear. Like that's the bottom line emotion of anxiety. It is fear. It is a worry. It is a fear about a future or a moment or a past that God is absent from. And let me just tell you, in this next clip that we're about to see, maybe, (laughs) Andrew, one of the disciples, is dealing with anxiety so heavily. Oh, I got a note. Everyone, you want to see it? We restarted ProPresenter Clip 4 should be good. Thanks, Chris. And so here's what happened. We broke it. And so how many of us know that maybe we just need to replace the word anxiety and this will relate to you more? It's fear. Fear knocks on your door all the time. Fear dominates your life. And let me just tell you, for Andrew, fear begins to dominate his life. Let's take a look at this next clip as we see how fear affects Andrew. Seems like someone was in a prison there. And someone wasn't. Seems like John's not in prison. But it seems like Andrew is. John says, now that he's here, what is this prison to me? And yet Andrew is living in a life of fear and anxiety and he is the one being controlled. That he is the one who is in jail. Because here's the reality. Fear fuels anxiety. It's like gasoline on that fire. And as you begin to, anyone ever go through what we call the anxiety spiral? It's late at night normally, right? You're laying in bed and then you start thinking about something from the past or something you need or something tomorrow or something in the future. And then you just start to ask the what if questions. And then you start to get scared and you feel that fear and it just starts spiraling and spiraling and spiraling and spiraling until you're dead. You're like, well, what if this ends like this, this, and you just spiral out of control. And I know that we think it's funny, but the reality is, is I bet you've gone through that. That you're so worried about life and about all of these things. And maybe you get in bed and you're about to go to sleep and you've locked all the doors and you've set the alarm like you always do. But now you start to think about, did I set all the alarms? Did I, did I lock all the doors? And then you're like, what about the kids? And what about this? And what, man, what, I don't know. Okay, I better get up. And then you walk around the house and everything's locked and everything's okay and everything's fine and no one's ever broken in your house before, but you got to go check and then you go and lay down again. And then because you were so worried while you were checking, you forgot if that one door was okay. So you got to get up again. You got to go do this and you got to check it again in fear. And then you say, what if this person comes into the house and what if that person has a gun and what if that person wants to kill me? And then what if they kill me and they do all, and then you just like walk down this road of what ifs and you live in a prison of fear. 
And you're like, I'm moving to an apartment now. Like, I'm living on the fifth floor. I, don't, I can't do this. No one's crawling in the wind on the fifth floor. And if they do, they deserve to be there. Okay, let's be honest. If they get up to your house on the fourth, by the fourth or fifth floor, just say, welcome. Have whatever you want. How'd you get up here? Like, so you Spider-Man? What's happening? Right? But fear fuels anxiety. In that book of Isaiah, Israel is in anxiety. They've been taken into Babylon. They are in captivity. They are being controlled. They are being dominated. And God begins to speak to the fear and the anxiety of Israel by telling them, there is one who is coming who will rescue you. There is one who is coming who will save you. Listen to these words in Isaiah 35, verse 4. It says this, Say to those who have an anxious heart, I'm saying it to you, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. You in this room. You're not absent from this kind of God. You are not far from this kind of God, the God who rescues and redeems and saves and does all of these things. And some of us, we think that rescue is just getting out of this situation, but sometimes rescue is what God does through the situation. That yes, we're not always removed, but he is with us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. And God has a work and something to do in your life in that moment. And Andrew, in this passage, he is spiraling. As soon as he heard, he heard the whole sermon. And as soon as he gets done with the sermon, just like maybe some of you, you get done with the message and you walk outside and someone says, oh, John the Baptist is in jail. And immediately he forgets what was just said about anxiety and worry. And he goes into a spiral. Can I see him? What's going on? And then when he gets to the jail, John is talking about like, what happened? How good is it? All of these things. And finally, Andrew interrupts. He goes, what can we do to help you? How can we rescue you? And John's like, I don't need rescued. I'm okay. And so what has a hold of your heart right now? What has a hold of your life? What dream, what worry, what part of the past, what is dominating you in this life? Because here's the reality. We saw Matthew earlier in the message. And Matthew gets to this place where he feels like he has lost everything. Has anxiety ever made you feel that way? Like everything is gone? Like you've lost everything and that there's no hope and that, that nothing is going away because fear will cause you to live in a future that's non-existent and you will feel like you've lost everything now even though the future hasn't come. Look at what Matthew does in this quick clip as he realizes and feels like because of the things that have happened with his family that he's lost everything. Check it out. Matthew feels like he's not even a son anymore. He doesn't have a house. He gave it away to his parents. He's got nothing to return to. He's got no friends in the city where he used to be a tax collector. You don't get a lot of friends by doing that. And so Matthew just kind of aimlessly shows up to see Mary. Hey, what's going on? Have you ever felt that way that you felt like there was no future for you? And so you just needed comfort from someone else. Matthew goes, I have nowhere to go. What about your parents? Uh, he, uh, he says I, that he doesn't have a son. 
What he means is like, I'm dead to them. I feel like I've lost everything. I feel like everything in the future has been taken away. But see what Matthew forgot about is the need to, when you go to the altar and you know that someone has something against you, to go to them to reconcile. How many of us have felt like we've lost a future because we haven't reconciled yet? And like that can be like with a far off distant person or that can be with your spouse or that can be with your sibling or that can be with your families, your friends. Like there's a part of your future that you feel like you've lost everything because the, the reality is, is like you haven't made recompense. You have not reconciled. And so you're owned by this anxiety. And although you haven't lost everything yet, you live like you have. Because here's the reality. Anxiety never produces what we hope for. It never does. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, it's right in the middle of Jesus' teaching on anxiety. And look at what Jesus says. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Right? All that worry, all that anxiety about the past, the present, and the future, can it add one hour to your life? Because that's why we're doing it, right? We're so worried about the future. We're so worried about our life. We're so worried about what is happening. And Jesus goes, look, by worrying about all of these things, can you add one hour to your life? Jesus says, this is futile. You're just spinning and turning your life in the wheels of your life. And you're missing what is actually there in front of you. And so let me ask us in this room. Can any of us in this room add one hour to our life by worry? Let me give you the opposite of what research says. Research tells us that worry kills us earlier. Worry actually causes your brain to give cortisol into your body. You get, you get very much these, these stress hormones, which can harden your arteries, cause you to bring on fat. It can cause you to do all of these things. Like your body through worry does not take care of itself. And so here's the reality. By worrying, how many of us are taking hours off of our life? How many of us, because we're worried, we don't get sleep? Because we're worried, we don't really take care of our bodies the way that we should, so we eat junk. So now we're not sleeping and eating bad food. Let me just tell you that this is a recipe for disaster. Not only that, your heart rate and blood pressure are through the roof. So there's a nice thing called like a stroke or a heart attack on your way. Worry does nothing for our benefit. But if worry pushes us to God where we release it, that's where all the benefits are. That's where we find peace that surpasses understanding. That's where we find this moment where you and I can, can deal with life and can do all of these things. And so let me just ask us in this room, what step do you need to make in your anxiety today? Like, do you need to go apologize do you need to like lay down your pride and go and eat food over there and you couldn't afford to bring anything, but you just need to go eat? Great. We don't check if you brought anything. Just go eat. I didn't bring anything, right? And I'm going to eat a lot. And so, but how many of us, like you have a fear of success in the future because of everything that's happened in the past? What's your next step in this room? with your anxiety. Because let me just tell you something. It's not adding to your life. It's taking it away. 
And Jesus knew this. And that's why so many times Jesus talks about the hardship of anxiety and that you and I too are to activate our faith and trust that God is in that abyss in the future that you're so worried about. And he's there and he's waiting for you. And he's already winning the victory of the future. And he's already taking care of that enemy. And he's already taking care of that worry. Do you believe that he's there? He's a warrior king who's fighting for you right now. And that when you get there, the victory is already won. And many of us will never face the monsters in our head and in our heart because God has slayed them. And so what is your next step in this room with anxiety? Because let me just tell you something. God's word is not just meant to be read. It is meant to be lived. Look at what Andrew does in response to this anxiety, and he does the right thing. Watch this. Time to put God's word into practice in this room. You notice that two people were freed there? Andrew, yes. He made reconciliation for his past. But for the first time, I mean, and this isn't biblical, but this is true for so many of us. She had never been apologized to in her entire life. Do you know how freeing that would be? That someone actually sees you enough to say sorry? That you're that valuable in life? But Andrew does what so many of us need to do. He heard the word, and now he's going to go live the word. And I wonder for how many of us in this room, if we begin to actually walk out the word of God in our life, how free we would become. But not only us, but those who have hurt us and those whom we have hurt. Because we walk through this world and we do not have this fear, this anxiety, and this worry, for we are faithful to what God has said. And so it's time for you and I in this room to take care of anxiety. It's time for us to live the way that Jesus has called us to live. And one of fear and worry and anxiety is not part of the godly life. It's not the life that God has designed for you in this room. And so, yes, should we be prepared? Absolutely. Should we be wise and discerning? 100%. Is God calling us to be lazy? Not at all. But we do what we can, and we trust God with the rest. Are you trusting God with the rest right now? Your past, your present, and your future. And so what do we need to do? First, let's take care of the past. We need to release and forgive. We need to seek forgiveness. We need to seek a way to move forward. We need to let go of the past. But not only that, we need to trust for today. Because how many of us know if we don't trust for today, in anxiety, we'll make some of the same mistakes we did in the past. And we'll have to apologize all the more. Because it just keeps piling on. So not only do we need to trust for today, we need to have faith for the future. Do you believe that God is there? Winning the war for you, rescuing you and redeeming you. Do you believe? And how do we do this? It's so simple. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added to you. Are you seeking him first? Because when we seek Jesus first, we seek the things that God has for us to release the past to trust for today, and to believe for the future. It is time in this room to live the life that God has designed for you. 
one of joy, one of peace, one of understanding, one of hope. That's the life that God has for you here. And so today, what things are we holding on? What shackles are we keeping on in our life that are holding us back? Last analogy, and then we're going to end the morning. I learned this a couple years ago, and I thought that this was so applicable to the human life, especially when it comes to the past, holding us back in the future. Um, in circuses, they used to train elephants in a, in a weird way. Um, elephants are, are super smart. You guys know this? Like, they're very intelligent animals. And what circuses and these traveling places would do, if you guys remember, it's kind of, it's out of fashion now. Like, we don't do this anymore. But if you would go to the circus, you would notice that the elephants were were in a, a tent or whatever, and they had a chain around their foot and then a stake in the ground. This was like a little, it was a tent stake. And so what they would do to train these elephants is they would, when they were babies and they're not strong enough, they would put the shackle on their leg and they would put the stake in the ground and the babies quickly learned that I'm not strong enough to get out of here. And what they did is they allowed the memory of the past, the worry of the past, the fear of the past to control the elephants today and tomorrow. Because these big elephants who can push over entire trees by simply pushing them, that are incredibly strong, that could probably bend those tent stakes, will stay still because they remember when they were little that they couldn't get away, so they don't believe that they can now. I wonder how many of us are tethered to a stake in our life, and the shackle is anxiety and worry and unforgiveness. And we are sitting still in the life that God has for us and all of the potential that God has for us in our life because we're believing we're still nailed down. And you're not. He has broken every chain. He has redeemed us and saved us and rescued us from all things. And all things, if we believe in Jesus, are forgiven. And we no longer have to live in bondage. And so I'm going to ask every person in here as we get ready to end, what is your next step when it comes to anxiety? What's the, what, what is the thing that God is asking you to release today? And let me just tell you something. It's a process. But let's start the process today. How does every journey begin? With the first step. What's the first step for you in this room today? What worry, what anxiety do you need to lay down? And so here's what I'm going to ask us to do. We're going to play music uh, in just a second, and, and we're going to give you guys a few moments to do this. But here's what I'm going to ask. We, we do, we've done this a few times, but under your seat, around you, somewhere is a piece of paper. I would really love it if you, you don't have to write your name on it, so no one knows it's you, okay? But I would like for you to, on that piece of paper, write down what God is calling you to do right now. What is he calling you to release? What is he calling you to forgive? What worry is he calling you not to worry about now? What is the one thing that God wants you to do today? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to write that down, and the music will be playing. There'll be worship playing. And here's all I'm going to ask you to do is I want you to come and lay it down on this step. Bring that worry. Bring that unforgiveness. Bring that fear. Bring whatever it is, and you write it down, and you leave it here at the feet of God, and you let him take care of it while you live free.
let's lay it down and let it go and trust and believe in God. And so church, I love you. I hope that today was encouraging for you. I hope it moved you into a new direction. Let me just tell you, next week's going to be even better. I already have the message written. It like wrote itself. Like next week is going to be incredible. And so please come back and join us Saturday or Sunday next week. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Come lay down your worries and then go eat a worry-free meal. Find a group to be a part of. Find a community to belong to. Find a place where you belong in our church because you do belong. And there's a community here for you. And so I'm going to pray and Cody's going to sing. And as you feel led, would you bring those pieces of paper down and lay them at the altar at the feet of God and allow him to trust. And I'll be right here. And if you need to pray, I'd love to pray with you. So God, we lift you high today. We ask that these words in these moments don't just leave us like they did for so many of the disciples, that they hold true into our life. And Lord, that not only do we hear the word, but we are obedient to the word for our own good. So God, today, whatever worry, whatever anxiety, whatever fear, whatever past or future that is dominating our life right now, Lord, I pray that in faith, we would lay it down knowing that the God, the creator of heaven and earth, the molder of our soul, the savior of us, is working on our benefit and working on our behalf and that we would trust that you are there. So God, we love you. We respond in faith today. Lead us as you will. In Christ's name. And everyone said.